Hello and welcome to the Found Cause, where we found a cause in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm Michael Mayhem the Machine, and to my virtual front, it's Sebastian, the bookkeeper. Yeah, you were late. And the other one is Theodore, under the PC, under the person of Christ. We say you were late because we are doing a quick response for after the fact, after the minutes, after hours to our interview with Bhakti, a Hindu, local Hindu here in Minnesota, and. Um, we want to be polite and all that as we were in the interview. If you've watched our podcast, you know that we um, can do like serious, sharp rebuttals when we think the issues are serious. And we do think, no, don't be confused about it. We do think these issues and differences are serious, but um, there's a time for everything. There's a time to be serrated and there's a time to be kind. And I think um, we were, she came to us in kindness. So we also were responding in kindness, but we made it clear in the interview, I think that the differences between Hinduism and Christianity are real. They are different faiths. And we made it clear that Christianity does not believe that Hindus will attain heaven. Um, and so without being like unduly rude, I think we asked the right questions. Um, what were some highlights, Theodore, that you thought we got out of that conversation? <laughs> I just, I did that. Theodore's like, oh, somewhere should, we do, else? should we do this off the cuff? And uh, he's like, no. Oh yeah, sure, whatever. We can do it. Already said, I'm not Ron Burgundy. I mean, I am Ron Burgundy. <laughs> so you can't do it off the cuff. Uh, how about Sebastian? Off the cuff question. Do you have any highlights of our interview? It was interesting to see. And again, she was very polite, very kind, and very clear as well. Clarified maybe some misunderstandings that we had on on Hinduism but ultimately laid out how it is a very internal, if I, if I can mm -hmm. put it that way, yeah. religion. So it's looking inward. How can you get better? How can you obtain positive energy and avoid negative energy or whatever words you wish to use instead? And then you are the one who is responsible for your betterment or your downfall in your next life. Right. And, you know, um, her first intro when describing the holidays uh, it's probably the most appealing pitch to Hinduism I've ever heard, um, which is saying something. So good for you, Bhakti. Like, it's a good, good pitch. I think that I can see a world where we coexist just because we're both going for the same um, general things. But I think what uh, Bhakti and other Hindus need to realize is that it, it won't, it's not a sustainable um, coexistence because you really do need to have the same reasons why you believe something to be true. Otherwise you will end up at different truths. So I, I say, I like to say in India where Hinduism is the majority religion, um, even in certain States of, of India, where Hindu, a certain sect of Hinduism is, is dominant. They have different laws than we do here. And I bet if I was a wagering man, that Bhakti would think that some of our laws are better than some of India's laws. And so the question is, are they both good laws or is there a better law than the other? And I believe that you, the laws of the United States are mostly based off of Christianity and that the Indian laws are mostly based off of Hinduism with some exceptions. So they're similar laws because they're both trying to get the same things, you know, justice, restitution for the wicked. But in a Hindu system, because of the Hinduism as the base, they come up with different restitution for thieves, for victims of domestic abuse and violence and, and all the rest. Whereas in the Christian law, you have different laws. So I, I think that as much as we can coexist, like as neighbors, um, ultimately one system has to win out. Um, which is why it's good that we have these kind of conversations between Hindus and Christians, because ultimately there is one objective truth, which even Bhakti admitted, there is one objective truth because um, just because Thanos thinks he's doing something good doesn't mean he actually is doing something good. And 
Uh, Michael, just like you mentioned, um, like the agreement of... You're like really quiet, Peter. Am I still quiet? No, now you're good. Can you hear me now? Yep. Okay. Um, So you need basically everybody believing the same thing in a religion and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And um, like we can be friendly as neighbors, but... Um, in Hinduism, if you exclusively believe in Jesus being the one way, truth, and life, and nobody comes to the Father except through him, then you're going to – I presume you're going to be an outcast because that's not what they believe. That's not what they want to hold to, um, and that's not their tradition. And I actually have this map on my wall from the Voice of Martyrs. Mm-hmm. which points out uh, countries around the world that are hostile toward Christianity or uh, where Christianity is restricted mm-hmm. by laws and things like that. And India is one of the hostile countries where uh, Christian populations are routine, routinely persecuted by family community members and or extremist groups uh, because of their witness. Yeah. So, there's that, and then I'll just comment one thing that you said, Sebastian, uh, regarding. I think you mentioned something about moksha or the paths of moksha, and mm-hmm. or how some could be construed as selfish potentially. And so there's the path of knowledge, and there's the path of meditation, and those two paths I don't think really require, like love charity community service community interaction um where so like you could attain moksha potentially just by yourself if you're meditating on a mountain your whole life or if you pursue knowledge for yourself right your whole life um whereas in christianity we cannot hide because in philippians two fifteen. Um, it says we are all the light unto the world uh, because the spirit of God dwells in and with us. Um, and then obviously Matthew twenty-eight 19, we're supposed to teach everybody, teach all nations about Jesus, then the gospel and be a light to the world. That way. Yeah. I, th- I thought the, the whole moksha thing was interesting. And I think Sebastian, you had a point that you weren't able to bring up on the interview, which was she answered, she confirmed that, moksha their afterlife their their goal to attain is essentially becoming non-existent and you had a comment that you didn't share in the interview but you wanted to share here yeah so i mean it surprised me that you ultimately uh, lose your your identity and by just separating yourself from the world you end up becoming uh, you you essentially cease to exist even if you're in a even if you achieve so much bliss, you cease to exist. And uh, to me, that that in in the interview, I was a little bit, I was pleasantly surprised that Bhakti emphasized the kindness of Hinduism, being kind to others, and and doing good dharma towards others for the benefit of others. Whereas in other aspects of Hinduism, you are not supposed to, in order to to allow other people to reach moksha, you shouldn't even touch them, look in their direction. You need to let karma work in their lives. And if they need to suffer, 
let them suffer and you should not interfere otherwise you bring bad karma on yourself so that that's that surprised me a little bit i would say based on what i've seen from hinduism in india in which there's so much um, division between the castes because if someone is born in a lower caste people in higher caste they depending on the hindu of course they're taught to completely avoid do not even touch do not even look at these untouchables i mean they're they actually call there's a caste called untouchables so um, in, in in a lot of in a lot of parts of india there there's just that that sense of division and in, in a way cruelty i would say so 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 it just surprised me that she contrasted her understanding of hinduism and other there's what you see in india as you were talking about theater too yeah and and to baki's credit i think she would disavow the caste system and yeah. she she yeah. I think she borrowed from the, I would call it borrowing from the Christian worldview when she said that suffering can be a good thing, um, which is totally, totally, Christians are all about it, right? Jesus suffered and it was a good thing. And we say that we suffer in this life and it refines us like silver in a furnace, as the Bible says. And, and we believe that can be the case, that even though a bad thing is happening to us, it's ultimately good because we believe that God is the master overall, he's sovereign overall. He ordained the bad events that happened to us and, and has a good outcome for them in mind. They're not meaningless. And so, and, and also wicked suffer. So wicked don't always suffer. God has plans for when they suffer and when they don't, right? But ultimately they will be judged and suffer. Um, so we, like wickedness is totally explained in the Christian worldview and it can be for good and it can also be for bad. In the traditional karmic viewpoint, and I think logically the way karma works is that suffering is the punishment for bad things. And so when somebody suffers, it is because they were bad in a previous life or in this life. And so it isn't, it's not good for them. They suffer. It's a consequence uh, of their previous karma. And so when she explained how the suffering of people like Martin Luther King was actually for his good and the world's good, um, his suffering was actually good, which, which I agree, it is good. But in a karmic system, I suppose that means that in a previous life, or maybe in his own life, Martin Luther King was evil, accrued bad karma, ended up receiving the suffering that, that was due for him, and yet somehow that ended up being a major boost to his karma, because obviously his suffering was a huge part of his testimony and his impact, and he ended up you know, multiplying his karma 10 times or however, you know, largely making himself a way better person because of his suffering. In which case, you could say that it was actually a good thing that he received suffering, and therefore was it a reward for his previous life, right? Was suffering actually a reward to him? Um, which it becomes a paradox of the whole karmic system because if you're supposed to receive bad things for doing bad, um, but bad things end up being good for you, then you just got a good thing for being bad, which which is not how karma is supposed to work. So I thought that was probably the most interesting part of the interview to me was when we talked about um, how karma works like that and how how do the wicked seem not to suffer? You know, how does Kim Jong-il reign his whole life as dictator of North Korea and then die at peace? And her response was he probably wasn't happy um, because he was bad, um, but he, he succeeded. You know, he didn't suffer. So she, she thought that he was suffering on the inside, which, you know, he, <laughs> I think he was. So, I mean, I'm in agreement with that. Um, but typically karma and the way that uh, Hindus view karmic consequences are physical and and kim jong-il did not receive any physical punishments except for death 
And if he received, I mean, this is just a, a, a wild thought, so you can tell me if this is strange or not. If he receives so much blessing, quote unquote, prosperity in this life, does it mean that he was a better person in his past life? And hence, he was able to inherit so much wealth, but then became evil in this life? Uh, that I mean, again, that's traditionally how it was viewed. We didn't get to ask Bhakti what she thought there. We know that in the Christian view, um, it's not necessarily a blessing to be born into riches. Like as Jesus says, it's easier for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to go to heaven. And so right. sometimes riches are a blessing. Like Job is blessed with riches. I think the United States has been blessed with riches. But um, we leave room for God to either curse you with riches or bless you with riches. Whereas in the karmic cycle, I'd, traditionally, it is only a blessing to have riches, to be born into wealth, to be born into a higher caste. However, honestly, the way Bhakti was talking, it seemed to me that, she, and she even said it, that those who are born without suffering, um, they can benefit less. So it's actually a curse to them that they are born without suffering, which I agree with. Um, but then again, it calls into question karma, because if karma, it was supposed to be a blessing that you were born into a higher caste, a higher standing, you know, into riches, but then you didn't end up gaining as much karma. Is it actually a curse? Are you now being repaid bad for your good right uh, again it, it calls into question karma and again that's why we have a sovereign god that's why christianity is a a more cohesive system uh, obviously we're christians so we believe it than hinduism mm -hmm. i suppose maybe that would be you know something if we were to do another episode on hinduism something to really dive into uh, suffering because ultimately and i've had i was so pleased she even brought the Bhagavad Gita. i have it. all these nice <laughs> all i had all these books, books on the side man get your reward for that one yeah yeah so uh, well, traditionally hinduism has been the avoidance of suffering and what can you do to avoid it you know how can you be better in this life to next life suffer less and less and less and less or ideally you know just be liberated in this life but the which is, um, I would say, you know, a very uh, negative view of life, avoiding avoiding things like that. In Christianity, the answer that God, the scripture, the word of God gives is that he has, as you have laid out, Michael, in theater before, God has a purpose for suffering. Suffering is not bad on its own. It's what the purpose of it is. God allowed Job to suffer a lot, but it was for his benefit in Hinduism suffering traditionally has always been seen as just a plain bad thing that should be avoided at all costs. I understand there's more interpreta different interpretations nowadays, but at least traditionally that's how it was seen. But in Christianity, I would say that there is a better response to why there is suffering and how God is actually sovereign and he, we can trust in him that what is going on in our lives he knows is for our good. Yeah. And I, I think it was, it wasn't interesting from like a theological lens, but it was interesting in like a historical lens to see that it, it seemed like she was of like a reformed Hindu mindset. Here she is in the United States in Minnesota. And she still said she believed like maybe 80%, 70%, 60% of the myths in Hinduism. But that means that she does not believe like 20%, 30%, 40% of the myths in Hinduism. And so she, you know, a, a real diehard traditional Hindu would call her a heretic, right? <coughs> Excuse me, that she she doesn't believe the tradition. Um, 
but she hasn't left it entirely, right? She mentioned that there are some who are basically atheist Hindus that believe that everyone's God, like there's not really God, like they 100% don't believe that Krishna ever walked the earth, um, but they still hold to the Hindu tenets. And so she's not that reformed, but she is reforming and she believes that it's good that she's reforming. And it, it, it's historically interesting to me because I think that because God is sovereign in his ways, the way the world works, only systems that generally obey God's law survive for long periods of time. And so Hinduism will probably die um, unless it reforms to look more and more like reality, like God's law, right? And so I bet it needs to reform the way Bhakti is taking it. Otherwise, it will die in the face of Christianity. Any last comments, gentlemen, Theodore? I don't know. <laughs> well, thanks again, Theodore, for working your magic touch, your God bless touch, for getting um, a stranger to agree to interview us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My pleasure. All right. Until next time, thanks for listening, guys. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever else you might find your podcast. We've been the Found Cause, Seven of the Lord Jesus Christ. I found it, something like that. I'm forgetting all our catchphrases. I am sick, by the way. You hear all the coughing. I, I mute it for you guys mostly. Um, for for our interviewers and you guys but the listeners the audience are totally gonna hear this cost maybe i'll edit out um until next time we talk about something completely different i've been michael i'm behind the machine and to my friend has been sebastian the bookkeeper and then next to him has been you are under the pc under the person of christ all right thanks for listening bye